0: Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, pack your bags, grab your passports and all that good stuff. Welcome back to the Holtcast. Of course, we're here to talk all things Aston Villa Football Club with a 2-1 away win at the King Power Stadium, Villa beating Leicester City 2-1. That man outcasted in the suburbia of Turkey, even though it's not suburbia, regardless of that, that man, Bertrand Triore. Scoring the game winning goal later on. Beautiful goal. Happy days. We're going to probably sound a little overjoyous, deluded. The European dream is still alive. I've never experienced this as a Villa fan. So I'm very, very happy. And of course, I am joined by Mr. Tom Nangill as well. So Tom, I'll pass it over to you. How's it going, my friend? Oh, man. Well, we've only just come down, only just come down from the, well, actually hadn't even come
1: down from the Chelsea win, to be honest. Um, We said, didn't we, on uh, Yumi and Simon on the post-Chelsea recording, like this is, Simon and I were talking about how this is the best, apart from the promotion run, this is the best since O'Neill, particularly adjusting for quality or whatever. You said it before we jumped on now, like it has the same kind of vibes. Like I'm not going to say that it's going to end in this, you know, the same level of elation or glory as the promotion run did, but it's that like, you know what it is? It's that. Lightning in a bottle. Um, I'm trying to think of another way to describe it, but you want to, you want, you wish you could take snapshots of the moments. Do you know what I mean? You wish you could bottle this feeling because it's just, I can't remember the, it is the promotion run. It's the, the only time I can think of recently that Villa were on a, a run like this where stuff is just going like touch wood. Stuff is just going right for us every game. Like we can beat anyone. We're turning up, we are beating anyone. Villa are just like marching around from stadium to stadium in England, winning games, scoring screamers. we have now reviving written off players. Bertrand Traore come back into the fold, you know, like reviving people that fans had written off ages ago, climbing up the table every week. Pardon my language, but it is, it is big bollocks stuff. Like it is <laughs> exactly the kind of thing that gets you high as a football fan. Um, a lot of it down to confidence, momentum. I think I said after under post-Chelsea recording, we won't win every week. You know what? Scratch that. Maybe we might win every week. Maybe we might win every week.
0: Well, I, I can already tell everyone now, and if younger people listen to this, I do apologize. This There's going to be an E mark next to this because I'm going to swear Tom has already dropped something, so I'm going to have to adjust it to that. But Villa are just fucking brilliant. I, I don't know any other way to say this. I'm going to say this coming from someone and I've said this numerous times. I started, like I said, last week, supporting Villa when Lambert came in. Don't know why we've, we've went through Remy guard. We've went through all this stuff. Yes. Maybe we, Villa still don't achieve the European dream this summer or this rest of the season heading into this summer, but I've never seen anything like this. And as much as I love Dean Smith, we can forget about Stevie G and what a mistake that was aside from signing Bubakar Kamara. I mean, he's, Una Emery has done what Dean Smith unfortunately couldn't do, and what we wanted to see a Villa fan achieve as manager. The guy's fucking brilliant. I don't even know what to say, Tom. I'm not really making any it's, sense, but oh, it's amazing. And then, like for, for like a slight bit of balance, because I know that we're it's very hard
1: to not be not be really giddy. I mean, I should probably good clarification is that we are recording this like immediately post batch so we've come bouncing into this recording. Um, Chelsea, we had a bit more breathing room to actually digest it afterwards. I think we we're still a bit giddy, but um, the thing is, like Villa didn't even, you know, it's one of those again. Chelsea, I thought we played them. Off, I thought honestly we pretty much played them off the park. Like we let them have the ball. We were, but we were we such good value to win that game two nil. Um, this one, you know, it's one of those. We didn't play very well. I didn't think we, we weren't bad, but we didn't play very well. But We've said this before on this podcast after games. I can't remember which, I, I can't remember because there's been so many bloody away wins. That I, I can't remember which one I'm talking about. But we beat somebody else away a few weeks ago we didn't play very well. Come away with the three points. And it's like, that's how many years have we watched Villa where like we'd have lost that game. Every, you know, every week we'd have lost that game, 2-1, maybe worse. Um, it really is starting to feel like, I know that it's that lightning in a bottle, that confidence thing there's a long way to go. Like the way the run that we're on at the moment, six games unbeaten, five wins, one draw, great away form. Like only, is it only Arsenal and City have taken more points or something since, since Emery took over? Like, obviously that's all quite short term stuff, but it's that you've got that feeling back as a Villa fan where you're looking forward to watching every game. You're never really obviously a bit hesitant. Now I wasn't, you know, I thought today would be a tricky game or whatever, but you, 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 there's, there's not a game that I think Villa can't win under Emery. And just to be saying those words is phenomenal, right? After the years and the stuff that that, that we've had to watch. I, yeah, I mean, unbelievable. I'm not really speechless because I'm rambling on already, but I just, I don't know. We've spent so long on podcasts recently, like waxing lyrical about Emery and everything. I used the give him the keys phrase again, post Chelsea, but. I can't. I honestly cannot believe the results we're seeing so early on, and to have people contributing like Bertrand Traoré for me, it's a big thing today. Him scoring the winner, not only because of the stunning fashion he scored it in, but Emory coming in has been a clean slate for everyone, players, fans, you know, everything has been wiped clean, and we're we're genuinely I feel like we're in the hands of a master now, and. So I'm not. I'm not surprised we're seeing really positive results. I am surprised, quite how positive the results are already. It's it's it, something special. Feels like it's happening, right?
0: Well, and that's the thing too. And I think a lot of people might equate this that are non-Villa fans, neutrals per se, or whatever. Um, I guess other fans that just despise Villa, whatever. We know who those <laughs> teams are and those individuals in particular. But you might. Kind of say it's, oh, you know, it's early success, yada, yada, yada. This isn't the, oh, look, Stephen Jarrett just came in. We have a little bit of a boost. We had a boost and then we had a decline and then it kind of went up and down for a bit. This is quick success because they put in the work on the training pitch. Unai yeah. Emery, like I mean, there's the photo of him post-Chelsea right back on the bus, on the laptop, meaning business. I mean, he'll probably do the same heading right, I guess, home right now essentially because we're recording this literally what moments after the game yeah um he's probably going to do the same thing preparing for forest but to look at the stats and these aren't exact so if i messed up one or two of these uh, people don't harass me but out of villa's last six games of course we're undefeated i believe we have 11 goals scored we have two goals conceded four clean sheets we've conceded one goal from open play which is massive um, We'll get to the one that could have been a second goal that we would have conceded from non-open play um later on. Cause thank God that got reversed and now we're up to seventh. I mean, teams still have to play Brentford still have to play. Um, I know Brighton and uh Liverpool. Uh, I even, I think Brentford again have games in hand too. So of course these things can change in due course, but we're giving everyone around us a reason to be hesitant, a reason to panic. And again, like I said, um on sunday's recording post chelsea tom we're just going about it quietly no one's really talking about villa and i freaking love it because you know what at this point in the season we're safe there's nothing really to play for there's no pressure and i mean you said it really in the in the group chat post-match excellently how many times, especially under Dean Smith, that I can think of when we had too much of the ball, maybe even times under Gerrard where, you know what, if team sits back, we cannot break them down. It was basically um a stalemate from there. I can think of, I don't know how many nil-nil draws. Um, or one all draws or whatever there's been in the past because we couldn't take advantage of it. And there's that sense of frustration and panic. And um, I wouldn't say lack of urgency, but kind of incohesiveness really within the group to get that job done. I mean, the patience there, there, it was so relaxed and calm and everyone knew the objective. And you know what, if it didn't happen, it didn't happen, but it did happen. And the one thing that's brilliant, I mean, Bertrand Traore has been a massive question mark even since he's really signed for Villa. And, of course, we all thought he was out the door basically um for good as soon as that loan came in for him to move to Turkey. Obviously, he's come back. The man just got got on the pitch. He, the, okay, well, let's even say this even better. The man didn't even need to take a touch. He literally got pa- past the ball from a Leicester, I don't even know who it was. I'm assuming it was a midfielder trying to clear it and did that. Like, it's just, it's moments like that to me that are things that Villa fans will think about for years to come. It's the magic of it all. I I mean, how many times would you think a Villa player even gets that opportunity from an opposition mistake and they fluff it or they take too long and like Leon Bailey, I don't know, shoot it out of the stadium or something like that. No offense to Leon Bailey, but. I don't know, Tom, they just have me feeling absolutely amazing. And you know what? And I don't mean this to be in a very sexual way, but I mean, this Villa team just, they get me in the mood. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> this definitely,
1: good. this explicit rating is definitely going to be needed for this episode. It's <laughs> uh it is. And like the thing, a couple of points, but like the one you, the one thing that stood out to me is that, that you said about, nobody's really been paying attention to us. I, like, if I'm being completely honest, I kind of hope it doesn't change because for me, like I, I know there'll be, everybody likes their team to be recognized or like, I guess people don't like fans. Don't like their team to be looked down on or ignored by the media or by other fans or whatever. Um And that's kind of true. But for me, like Villa at the moment are epitomizing exactly what being a football fan is all about. Like, you have we've had up you know we've had highs and lows plenty of lows recently but what we're doing at the moment is the thing is here is that every villa fan and any neutral there are a few of them out there right like you see people on social media um a few people in football media or whatever a few different podcasters like whoever it might be people who aren't villa fans there are a few of them who recognize it but by and large unless you're a Villa fan you're not necessarily aware right now despite the statistics that something really special is happening at villa at the moment the kind of thing that we haven't seen in years save for the you know the promotion season which as i keep saying you kind of do need to adjust for comparative quality um it's like we're just riding a wave but to the absolute extreme i'd love to see some stats about last time in the the last time in the premier league that villa had form that was anywhere near this good I imagine we probably had a spell under O'Neill. I know we had, there was that one spell under O'Neill where we won a, a, a truly outrageous number of away games in a row. I can't remember how many it was. We won something like every single away game from like, I think it's about October until the end of February or something, one season. Um, but that was just away games. Even then we were, we lost home games wherever. whatever. Like I know it's only been a six game run, but to have a six game run, win five of them, tr- draw one of them, beat teams. I know that not all these teams, but like, you know, beat teams, beat Everton away, Palace at home, draw at West Ham, actually outclass Bournemouth and keep a clean sheet, win at Chelsea, win the kind of game at Leicester that we've seen Villa lose so many times. Um, yeah, I mean, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I don't really know what else to say about it. And you just, that it's it's that, like I say, it's what you live for as a football fan because what any football fan wants more than anything Okay, the easy answer is success and trophies. But I truly think that what any football fan wants more than anything is to go to watch their team, whether it's at a stadium or on TV, and know two things. One, you're going to enjoy watching them and you're going to be entertained. And two, there's a very, very, very good chance that you're going to win this game. And that's every single week for Villa at the moment. That every single week. And it, to think that we're here already, compared to where we were in October, is honestly just remarkable to me. And like I said at the, at the start, I you, I just kind of wish you could bottle this feeling, really, because obviously at some point this stuff's going to have to end. But like the the, the like the Europe thing, st- it's it can't. It hopefully won't become an expectation. But we are having this conversation right now about it in a way that a month ago I would have said I don't even want to have the conversation about it. I want to build. I want to push for it next year. We're in that conversation now. We're having that conversation about it because how can we not, when this Villa team is getting these results, but also just as importantly as getting the results, playing this way. Like even today, we didn't play very well against Leicester. Um, But we kept control of the game down to 10 men. To your point, like... I actually liked seeing us, it's easy to say with hindsight, if we hadn't scored the winner, you know, it might be very different. But um, I quite liked the way we stayed calm, stayed slow, didn't panic, didn't try and pump the ball into the box really, like against 10 men, just kind of looked really relaxed and almost arrogant again in our confidence that we were sort of in control of the game and we could find a winner before the end of the game and lo and behold we found it again another another fantastic goal for the entertainment factor as well like to quote ron saunders do you want to bet against us at this point with the in the european race if anyone's paying close attention it's going to be genuinely the way that we're playing at the moment It, it it's nobody can say that we're out of the race and i can understand now if Fans start getting seriously excited. Like, obviously, you don't want to get too caught up and get too far ahead of yourself. Don't want to start like pinning hopes on it happening. But the dream, honestly, is well and truly alive and it's within reach, right? It's within reach.
0: Well, I said this uh, post Chelsea, Tom. Like, going into the, this season, especially in the summer under Gerrard, I think a lot of people felt like we had the squad already to. Be where we are. Of course, the expectations massively dipped because of how bad things were going. So I guess in a weird way, it should like, it really what, what, what Villa are achieving right now should technically not be shocking with some of the players. We have what they've achieved and what kind of form they're in, but we have to be based on the massive turnaround and that has to be one of the most talked about things in the Premier League. If they don't want to talk about it, other teams, whatever, general journalists, that's up to them. But I mean, it just kind of... And it also kind of has that feeling too. And we'll get kind of into the game specifics very shortly, I do promise folks. But I don't know. You look at it. This is We're recording this on April 4th. When's the last time, aside from battling relegation, that Villa have been this competitive at this point? We have nine games left. I mean... You look at Fulham, of course, Mitrovich Mitrovic just got handed that ban. I think he has what, eight or seven or eight games left, um, in that ban. Regardless, he'll only be able to play, um, less than a handful. So respectively there, you might expect for them to drop off a little bit. Brentford, I mean, they've had an amazing season. I would expect for them to finish right around us, if not slightly ahead, just based on how impressive they've been. Liverpool are still a bit of a mess in my opinion but again you never know what to expect with a traditional in quotes uh top 6 side they usually pick up a little bit of form and show that at some point to sell um to kind of salvage some of their season uh, of course Brighton are right ab- uh, above us at two points they won today as well they have uh, two games in hand so you would expect them to be right about there too but i mean on 44 points after 29 games really we're only This and I'm not saying we're going to get Champions League or even Europa League or anything. But realistically, when you look at it, and of course, keep in mind, like I just said, teams have games in hand on us. We're only six points off of third. Like, if you want to put that into context where we were literally a handful of games into the season, Hmm. if you would have been telling me that now, Tom, I would have been laughing in your face and saying, good luck. For that to yeah. ever to happen, and that's coming from me. Experienced, I mean, all Villa fans have experienced a lot, but I feel like for me, when I've experienced most of my Villa fandom being utter crap, I mean, it's just it's almost unbelievable.
1: It's and if, I I think one thing we will we will after this we'll let's we'll talk about the we'll talk about yes, the we game a little bit. Uh, but I, I, just, the last thing for now that I gotta say about this is like the the. Talking about Europe is all well and good. I'd love to see Villa back in Europe. Everybody would, um, particularly you know, it's, for us we're two Canadian-based Villa fans. But particularly for Villa fans who go every week to have those European trips back, because um, there's a generation who have never experienced that. Right to your point about coming in, was it Lambert? Did you say when you when you when you sort of? Yeah, I kind of Villa. end of
0: McLeish, start of Lambert. Yeah, I don't um, know why.
1: <laughs> so even so, even beyond that, you know, like, if you weren't a Villa fan, you know, even if you were very young during the O'Neill era, like, you you don't really remember it. I guess you couldn't really it, savor it in the way that you can as an adult compared to a kid, you know, and a kid you sort of... I mean, I feel like a kid at the moment getting all, getting all swept up in it. But, <laughs> but um, for fans to have that European adventure back would be magical but the main thing for me honestly is it's not even really about like whether we get Europe or where we finish in the table or whatever what what I've wanted and we haven't had for so long save for the promotion season and then odd moments like the feeling of staying up at West Ham is a pretty incredible feeling but obviously it's in really bad circumstances it's a very different kind of it's more relief isn't it than it is sort of like elation or certainly not fun um so what i've wanted for villa for ages is to get that feeling back and it's the feeling of like i said being excited to watch every game feeling like we can win every game being really fucking proud of this team that we all love um but it's also that like the togetherness in the villa squad at the moment is unbelievable. It was there for a bit under Smith, you know, particularly with, with, when we had Jack as captain, and there was that magical thing of you know the Villa fan captain and the Villa fan manager. Like that was a really magic time. But just what what you can see here with Emery is that the players know that they have a manager who believes in them, and they know they have a manager who can get the best out of them. Um, I think everybody. Re- I think every genuinely. I think that everybody concerned with with Villa at the moment, notes that Villa are very lucky at the moment in a lot of ways. We're lucky to have the manager that we have. We're lucky to have one of, if not the best goalkeeper in the world um, as our number one. We're lucky to have the... Co- I think we're really lucky to have the continuity through the core of the team. Mings, McGinn, Watkins, all playing at, certainly at the moment, the top of their game. But uh, like we said, post-Chelsea, I'm excited to see how Emery can raise their ceilings even further because you really feel like, I think, the, I think, to I think really the main point is that like, it's very exciting. And obviously we're all getting hooked on Villa at the moment, but the best thing is you kind of, in a way feel like as long as we carry on on the same path with a guy like Unai Emery in charge and the owners we have, there is a very realistic chance that we're only just getting started. And that, I think, is the most sort of intoxicating feeling about this Villa team at the moment. I just, yeah, bit giddy, honestly. Unbelievable.
0: Well, um, you know what, me, we're allowed to be. Me,
1: this week's got me absolutely wired. I was like, obviously already the form that we were in and everything and the, the stuff that's been going on at Villa with Emery and just the feeling coming out of the club, already been incredible. This week has been a real I'm sure I'm not alone in saying this this week for me has been a real turning point week because this I think is the week where my feeling about Villa has gone from wow like we're in good form we're improving to like wow like I don't even actually know how high our our ceiling is in theory or in practice at the moment we're a serious team really good like today was a I'd call today an off day. Today was just about, I think, the worst that we've played in a few weeks, and we've come away absolutely bouncing off the walls from a from another win. Just magical. And uh, even if we do run into a bit of sticky fo- sticky, you know, situations on this run of games we've got coming up, lose, we're going to lose at some point. Said that said that after Chelsea, I'll say it again now: we're going to lose at some point. But just if. If and when we run into trouble as a fan, just don't lose sight of the big picture, I think, which is that we're not even taking steps forward, we're taking strides forward, and the ceiling has been raised astronomically in the space of three or four months.
0: Well, that's the thing too, like I mean for me, especially since Villa have come back into the Premier League, you think about it, and the biggest thing for Villa has been beating teams that they should you should expect to be per se. And then, you know what, having the odd game against a uh, Man City, Chelsea, whatever. I mean, you look at this run of six unbeaten. There's such a mixture in there. I mean, West Ham is probably arguably the worst that they played out of the six. This is probably the second worst, in my opinion. But we're still getting points out of it. And that's the mm-hmm. difference between a team that's in the bottom half or meandering kind of stuck in the middle. And then one that can really push on. And that's what we're doing right now. And of course, a lot of Villa fans that are young or um, like myself that have come into it a little bit later. um, It's just, it's almost so unforeseen and unusual that it almost makes you uncomfortable, but you do have to enjoy it while it lasts as well. And I did like this stat too. Um, Villa Analytics put it out. Only Christian Menteke with 43 goals has managed to score more goals than Ollie Watkins' 36 in his first 100 Premier League games. We'll get to Ollie Watkins later, of course, but that has to put a lot of respect on his name. I wanted to put that out there first and foremost. That's now six away goals in six straight games. I mean, like I said, post Chelsea, um, you can go back to listen to that, folks. If you, if you miss that too, and you want to just have an, a more of a little bit of a Villa loving and bask in the glory of what's going on right now. Um, He's really become the strike we've all wanted him to become. And we've really needed to progress to that next level. Um, but to get into the match itself, cause we, uh, we did promise we would actually speak about that. I'm sure honestly, no one would care. And everyone just wants to hear more positivity regardless. But of course, like I said, Villa 1 2 1, Ollie Watkins scoring in the 24th minute assisted by Emmy Buendia. Very nice, uh, through ball there. Very nice to see Ollie Watkins kind of muscle off to Leicester defenders and just kind of I wouldn't say neatly tuck it away, but he got enough on it to beat um I think it's it's Iverson in, in there. I don't even know how to pronounce the goalkeeper's name for Leicester. Um regardless of that. And of course Harvey Barnes scored for them in the 35th minute um I mean, less said about that, to be honest. If anything, it, it was a brilliant touch. It maybe some people a little bit too harsh and Ashley Young. Maybe it showed his age a little bit, but regardless, a brilliant touch a brilliant goal there. Uh that was followed by uh Dewsbury Hall being sent off in the 70th minute, which is pretty comical considering he just received a yellow moments before that. And of course that man Burchin Triore scoring in the 87th minute all he needed is one touch to bring back that magic and Tom I think the best thing about that Bertrand Traore goal in particular is you know what we thought he might have lost his magic when he cut those luscious locks well you know what he can have any hairstyle and he clearly still has it Um, I did want to bring one thing up in regards to Traore because I think it was a few of the uh Villa journalists um, that, um, kind of caught Unai Emery mentioning this. Greg Evans did, Ashley Priest did too. Um, it basically just says, Traore is very appreciated in the dressing room. Everybody loves him today. Is today everyone is happy for him. He's a good guy with good skills and the capacity to score. Uh, I think there also was something in regards to, um, how much he can help us 1v1 and how much of an impact he can make that way too. Um, again, it's just take it away. I don't even know what to say. I'm speechless.
1: happy for him. I mean, there's a lot of that going around. Like, players are happy for, play, uh, you know, the team spirit in in this Villa team is incredible, honestly. Really incredible. And that is one of many, many things that are down, down to management and coaching staff. You compare team spirit now compared to team spirit five months ago or whatever. Um, team spirit and results go hand in hand. And it's not just that it's easy to have good, good feeling in camp, it's not good that it, it's not only that's sorry ugh, it's not only that it's easy to have a good feeling in camp when you're winning games and getting great results it goes the other way around as well right like it's easier to get good results when you have this kind of camaraderie and team spirit and villa clearly have that and as for triore like if anybody listening if you haven't seen there's a such a great video floating around on social media uh, this evening as we talk tuesday evening um of from the away end Bertrand Traore is up on Emmy Martinez's shoulders. The whole team are gathered around as the Villa fans sing, oh, Bertrand Traore. It's genuinely heartwarming. Like, I dare you to watch that and not come away uh, grinning like the Cheshire cat. Uh, And it's just, it's it's indicative. It's not even Villa winning games. It's these moments, right? Like, Oli Watkins scoring again today. Is he ever going to (laughs) stop? No,
0: I refuse to accept
1: it. And it wasn't long ago, you know. It's just the power of good management and good form and confidence and riding the wave. It wasn't long ago that Watkins wasn't prolific enough and Watkins wasn't the striker who could take us to the next level or whatever. Turns out all he needed was really good coaching, needed a higher level of coaching. Smith was... I think Smith was a great manager for Watkins to a level, the same way that I think Dean Smith was a great manager for Villa to a level. Then you had Gerard, who you might just sucked all the confidence out of you like you know you might as well have just hit our players over the head with a mallet i think rather than having gerard talk to them on the training ground and then to have emery come in such a higher level of manager than anyone who's come before in recent memory you know um to have him come in and impart his wisdom his coaching staff impart their wisdom and they're clearly working so closely with individual players as well as the team to improve their game. I remember seeing the video on Twitter of Ollie Watkins. Do you remember that video went round, oh, I don't know, a few weeks ago? And it was of him shooting on the training ground. Oh, yes. And it was yes. that, like he's working with a specific like finishing coach to improve his shooting. And you know what? There was a fair bit of scorn about that at the time. Like, oh, couldn't I hit, couldn't hit a barn door. Like, it'll, never, it'll never turn into a great striker or whatever. It's amazing what good coaching time spent on the training ground and positive reinforcement can do for you. Because like today's goal, Watkins' goal um, at Leicester, thought was another great example of it. He wouldn't have scored that a few months ago. No way. Because his first touch isn't that good, you know. It's a great ball from Buendia, but he kind of fizzes it into him. And Watkins' first touch isn't that good. It doesn't set him away from the defenders. It kind of checks his momentum slightly. But then to not only like kind of hold off, the I think he had a covering defender on either side, I think, if I remember like, to not only yeah. to not only hold off the defenders, but then he's so off balance when he hits that finish as well. And it's just every goal Watkins scores at the moment is genuinely, I think, is a result. He's always been a he's always had the ability to be a great finisher in him. Um some of the goals he scored, like, you know, particularly in COVID season. But every goal he scores now is just really, really indicative of the work that he has put in himself, the work that Emery and, their, and, and his tr- coaching staff have put in with Watkins on the training ground, and just the confidence flowing through Watkins. It's uh, like, honestly, it's unbelievable. Um, and so I'm just delighted for Bertrand Traore as well to get that goal because now I think under Emery, there is no player at Villa who should be written off. And I, I know I'm I'm quite bad sometimes. I'm not a huge fan of Leon Bailey. I don't I don't think I think it's very rare that he is what we need in a game situation. I'll be completely honest with you. Um, like today, he wasn't it again. I don't think really. Leicester sit Leicester were sitting back quite a lot, trying to hit us on the counter attack. I don't actually think but Leon Bailey is very good at breaking teams down yet. Yet to really see evidence of that, but it doesn't mean that I don't want to ever see him on the pitch or I want us to sell him because. If we as fans get frustrated by players and feel like they should be giving us more, like you can guarantee that Emery thinks that his players should be giving him more, um, and so there's no player in this Villa squad I think he should be written off because I, I really don't think there's any there's, there's any real limit to the the magic that Emery can work on this Villa team, and, you know, at the moment, and even when the confidence runs out the players now know the kind of level they're capable of hitting under him already, you know. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I don't know what else to say, really. Two fantastic goals. Um, I agree with you, just to touch on the young, the the Harvey Barnes goal. Today was a really tough one. Like, today was one way. if you could have chosen, you probably would have had Matty Cash in at right back if he was fit, because Harvey Barnes got pace and trickery. And he, another one, Love scoring against Villa, didn't he? I feel like every time, I'm just glad that we didn't see Inacio turn up today because, like, he Thank Christ. Christ. <laughs> seems to be good as Kryptonite. I don't really understand that, but Harvey Barnes seems to be another one. Like, always seems to have us on toast. Like every time he plays us, um, it's a tough one for Young because Young, while he's performing at the kind of standard that 37, 38, 37 year old. Uh, can only dream of like he's honestly he's, as as a 37 year old or however old he is he's performing at the kind of standard that a lot of 27 year old footballers could only dream of but not every game is right for him and today was a tough one for him definitely um but i thought leicester's goal was down to like Harvard, credit where credit's due harvey barnes first touch was out of this world like young was struggling a bit with that diagonal ball and barnes is, runs in behind but the reality is like nine times out of ten that leicester goal doesn't come to anything because the touch has to be spot on. Um, so, credits were credit, credit, where credit's due to Leicester. Um, and then the red card, like I thought it was, a, I thought it was fair, red card. Uh, and like you and everybody listening, I'm sure I'm just delighted to see Villa win again against the team who were down to 10 men, um, turn a draw into a win, take advantage of the extra space. We didn't, you know, we touched on it already. We didn't panic. We kept really calm, slow build up. Like, We've talked about this from the a different side, but the playing out from the back at home and the crowd getting frustrated because we're doing it playing quite slowly out from the back. All I'll say about that is it is quite evidently the way that Unai Emery wants his Villa team to play, and it's producing the results. So it, it's a real keep the faith situation for me. Like, I know it's easy to say today because we found the winning goal. Would have been different. Would have been frustrating, obviously, if we'd have have drawn that game, knowing we could have won. But it also would have been far from the end of the world, right? You know, Um, it's all part of the big picture. And the thing is, at the moment, like, the big picture's great, but we're also, week to week,
0: winning games and climbing up the table every week. It's, uh, like I said a million times before, it's fantastic. And I mean, if anything, for those that kind of I have um, thrown a little bit of criticism uh Ashley Young's way considering he is literally at the point of his career where depending on when he retires, it's a year on year basis of when he wants to hang it up. The fact that he managed to play on Saturday and then on Tuesday is incredible. And he's played what? all complete games, both. And you'd probably expect him to do so again on Saturday against Forest too. And I apologize for the absolutely ridiculous truck that just went by, because I hate people with loud mufflers. But regardless of that, um it's, it's incredible. And I mean, you've touched on everything there, Tom, excellently. But the one thing I did want to mention with Watkins and in that video as well with the training, I think, I don't know which other podcast I was listening to, but that wasn't Villa seeking out um extra help for Watkins that was Watkins doing it himself and yeah. as much as people gave criticism for even that video being shown that shows as someone who wants to get to the next level and that willingness to do so and he deserves everything that's happening to him right now yeah. and the, the, the best thing about him and of course like we all know his touch isn't the greatest his finishing isn't the greatest but it's his commitment is his determination it's the, the willingness to put his body on the line to get into those positions and you know what the better this squad does, the better players that get introduced over time, in my opinion, the longer Unai Emery's here with Ollie Watkins, he's only going to get better. Um, yeah. t- to be honest, the way he's playing right now, by the end of next season, well, next season in particular, if he honestly had less than 15 goals, I'd be shocked. Yeah, Because he thing- is in fantastic form.
1: The thing that strikes me about Watkins is, I can't remember, was it after... I think it was either after the Arsenal away in lockdown when we won 3-0, when Watkins scored twice, or it was after the Liverpool 7-2 when he scored a hat-trick. I can't remember which one he was, but he did his post-match interview. And I remember him saying, you know, he's asked, I think it might've been after the hat-trick, maybe Liverpool, let's say for argument's sake, it was. And like, he was asked, you know, scored a hat-trick today, they? like, you know, how you, how you're feeling. And he said, oh, I'm, you know, I'm frustrated because I should have scored four. And it's like, that's, You know, it's it's it sounds like a flippant comment, but I think it's really like that was the first thing that sort of woke me up properly to like the the outstanding attitude that I think this guy has. Um it's a real winning mentality in like a healthy sense, not an unhealthy sense. Um he's always striving for self-improvement. And it's like, My God, are we seeing the rewards of that now? Um like unbelievable. Um and it, it's the com- it's it's the confidence thing, but it's also you know it's not it's not just you're not working on vibes alone. Do you know what I mean? It's a lot of hard work from players and from coaching staff. Um, just my like, our club is just in such a good spot. Like right now, in tw and I'm well, not just right now in 2023 so far. Like Villa are in the healthiest position that we've been in in years. I would argue. I would argue still early days with Emery, but given the difference in ownerships as well, because towards the end of O'Neill's time, um, Lerner was tightening the purse strings a little bit and he was looking for a seller and it was in or, you know, there were rumours he was looking for a seller at this time and uh, not necessarily all of the components were there. Whereas now I really feel like it's so early, but like got a world-class manager. We've got a squad who are capable of a lot, and if anything, are outperforming what a lot of us would have said that they're capable of. We've gone from desperately underachieving to, I guess, overachieve, overachieving for now, but let's call it raising the bar for ourselves week on week. We've got owners who are fully committed. We're expanding our global network. There was that announcement wasn't there today or yesterday about the Egyptian Academy oh, yes. partnership Yesterday. Yeah. to go along with the Portuguese club that we announced a few weeks ago. Stepping stones, you know, there's the new training, you know, the new training facilities, there's the stadium expansion sort of coming up. We've got Unai Emery's first summer as manager ahead of us. Phenomenally exciting time to be a Villa fan, long overdue. Um, and so now we're at a point where, yeah, the results are fantastic, but it's about far more than just the game by game results. It's about, every week you feel like we're laying another stepping stone towards us becoming the kind of club that we all want to see Villa become and doing it in the right way as well. You know, Um, doesn't feel like we're taking shortcuts by, you know, shoving loads of money into the first team and papering over cracks with new signings and that sort of stuff. We are laying a path from grassroots level to the first team to become in the next year two years three years five years like however long it takes to get to where we want to be which is i guess real relatively realistic without getting too far ahead of ourselves i guess where we all want to see us is like consistently top six kind of side consistently certainly in the fifth sixth seventh eighth kind of bracket of the league in terms of realistic ambitions for now doesn't feel like we're very far away does it I'm not even just talking about right now looking at the table with seventh like I just mean the feeling you get from this club every week and not just on the pitch from off the pitch like it really doesn't feel like we're that far away from that and I honestly I'll show up now because I keep sort of going over the same point but it's that it's part of it is rooted in disbelief I can't believe what our owners what Unai Emery what the players stepping up like what all of these people are bringing to us as fans right now is
0: genuinely magical to watch and to be a part of absolutely and i i think the one thing that villa have been criticized especially within our own fan base tom is we've been very one-dimensional either we've never really been a possession side since we've come up it's basically been you know what villa can only really ever succeed on the counter and at least that's what it's felt like to me but I mean, like, we can all acknowledge today wasn't a, a very pretty result um, in terms of the performance. But again, the job got done. So who really cares? But you look at the stats. I mean, Villa had 65% uh, possession to their 35. We had 15 shots. um, They had nine. Uh, we had five shots on target. They had four. Eight corners to their four. 14 fouls to their 10. I mean, it's it's nice to know that even with time on the ball, and I and I feel like especially I can think under the early days of Dean Smith when we first came up, it felt like if some of these players had time on the ball, that was the end of the world because I just didn't know what to do with it in the pace. Yeah. And so, and it's funny because you think of how and you hear things about Villa Park and the atmosphere and how some people are still kind of annoyed that um some of the the movement around the pitch is very slow in the buildup play. I mean you complain people complaining about that if if you're listening to this think about a few years ago under Dean Smith which again I'm not bashing Dean Smith but some of that build-up play was so like unbelievably slow and of course we can throw the names out there and maybe throw a little bit of blame but we really don't need to hear but the, the progression under like we've said a million times under Unai Emery has been fantastic but Tom I know we're short on time so Let's get over to the three-word reviews because there's been an absolute crap ton of them um, within an hour of posting it on Twitter. I did put it on Facebook as well, but I just put that out there, so I'm not really expecting too much response till later. Um, so, of course, you can tweet us at 7500 Holt Post Match to get involved. Usually, it goes out five to fifteen minutes after the final whistle. Always good fun, and thank you to the I think it's almost like 90 plus people that have got involved. Already, so I'll read through as many of these can um as I can as fast as I can. Um let's start with um let's see, em one, I guess, which obviously means emmy, triore Masterstroke. um Dennis White saying I'm fucking buzzing. Um Gary Poulton says, What a night with the video of all the villa players singing Birch and Triore in the corner. Uh Sarah says just just magic. That's only two words, but I don't care. It's going in there because you know what? It's a brilliant night. Uh, Christian saying Bertrand effing Triore. Uh, Rob says, we are back. Zach says, up the villa. Um, let's go to Michael Smith says, I am erect. <laughs> um, I'm definitely going to have to put the, the explicit content, uh, tick on that, but regardless, I could not care right now. Uh, Jay Nolan UTV says, new villa era. Um sunny Europe is on. Um, let's go to Andy Young, some left foot, which is obviously referencing uh Triore's goal. Um Russ Cook says Bert Rand Triore. Um Jez says Watkins both ends. Um Matt King got no words, and let's do three more because why not? Uh Tim Weiss, so very happy. Um Ben Arkel saying love you, Bert. And let's, uh, finish with, let's scroll all the way to the bottom because there's honestly so many. Um, let's finish with, actually, we'll do two more. I want to finish, or three more. Again, I'm, I'm lying to myself. Um, I've never looked at these till now. So that's why I'm scrambling. Connor Joe Jones saying, holy fuck. <laughs> um, let's see. Cesar Popoff saying passport is ready. And the best way to end this segment is by from Phil B saying super Unai Emery. Tom, I'm going to throw you under the cosh right now. Three-word review. Let's go.
1: I think I'll probably keep it simple. I'm going to go for onwards and upwards. It's really boring, but it's how I feel. I just feel like every game at the moment is honestly a treat to watch. And it's obviously partly the results. Like, it wouldn't feel this way if we were drawing games or instead of winning them or losing them instead of drawing them. But it's the stuff we've talked about. It's like the feeling this Villa team give you. It's how confident and to be quite frank, like almost, almost disbelievingly fortunate I feel to have Unai Emery as our manager. It's all of this stuff, like seeing the players step up, seeing the togetherness in the squad, like everything, bottle it. You know, if you could bottle it and sell it, you'd make a fortune, wouldn't you? Um, so it's just onwards and upwards, I think, because I, I thought I had a pretty good handle about a month ago on what I thought the realistic ceiling was for this Villa team. And I thought it was about eighth or ninth. And that was me being kind of optimistic. Now I genuinely don't know what I think our realistic ceiling is even for this season. And it's honestly just a beautiful thing to be able to say in in April of a season to still not know... You know, April of a season, normally, we are like, holy shit, are we going to get relegated? <laughs> or we're like, just don't really have anything to play for. Like, whatever. You know, picking bits to sort of, you know, and overanalyzing players' performances, all that sort of stuff, because there's no... You're sort of stagnant. I, it, this is the first time since I was... It's certainly the first time since I was a teenager, O'Neal years, that I remember at this stage of a season. Um being genuinely excited about what Villa are capable of before the end of May. And even if Europe doesn't happen, we'd all love it to. But to me, if Europe doesn't happen, it's not a not a huge deal. I'd like it to, obviously. But it's just, I, I can't believe the progress that we've made. And I really do think that um, as long as nothing too serious happens to accept, upset the Apple car, um, sky's the limit. Really, to be honest, um, what a feeling to have about your football team. hundred
0: percent. Um, I'm going to go with bags are packed. Um, of course, I live in Canada, so technically they're not, but you know what? It's a long flight in Yeah. I honestly, <laughs> you know what? If, if, if Villa somehow get European football, I might seriously have to consider taking out a loan to go on go a little w- bit of a trip and, and watch tom us. you're joining me we're gonna do a whole cast live in austria or in poland yeah. or wherever
1: tom and cole Col do moldova or wherever Almost yeah. well, simon
0: will already be there so and that's true yeah and seb will be in his backpack so you know what uh, there's there's four to the five of us maybe danny will take along with a little bit of his uh journalistic endeavors as well um but uh let's get over to uh our match balls, player of the matches, whatever you want to call them. Uh we'll just do this really quickly because I did want to have a quick mention as to Forrest on the weekend. I know we're feeling confident, but I did want to speak about that. So your man of the match, Tom, quickly. You, you know what? It's a tough
1: one. And you've you you should not have caught me by surprise here, because I've just you you've made me realize I haven't given that even the slightest thought at all. <laughs> I haven't even considered it. Um I, I honestly I genuinely don't know. Um Somebody I thought was very good, and I didn't. I overlooked when we were talking after the Chelsea game, where I also thought he was very good. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'm necessarily going. to... I'm cheating a bit I, I, on this. I don't know if I'm necessarily going to say that he's my man of the match. But somebody I'd like to give a shout out to is Alex Moreno, um, because I think the last two games we talked earlier about Young having a bit of a, a bit of a tricky time against Harvey Barnes. I thought Alex Moreno was e- exceptional again today. I thought he was. Excellent against Chelsea when when he first came in, I thought this is another. I can see why Emery likes him. Getting forward offers plenty going in attack. I think it has a different dimension that Luca Dean doesn't really have. Like Dean's a great crosser of the ball, but Moreno properly gets involved in the attacks. Hit the post today, didn't he? Um, properly gets involved. But the last couple of games, I the defensive side of his game has really really impressed me. Like the way he's settled in has been phenomenal. If that's if if Moreno and the way he's come in and settled in his performance level already is indicative of um, what Unai Emery looks for in the transfer market and can get out of new signings on a short time frame. Then bloody hell,
0: yeah. Okay, well we'll just go with Alex Moreno as, as as your match ball man of the match player of the match whatever you want to call it. I should actually come up with an official name for this segment, but regardless, I think I have to give it to John McGinn. He's been brilliant again. I mean, just the way like we've said this a million times. The amount of times, especially in the second half where he'd receive the ball in the middle of the park and literally just absolutely turn his man so easily to create some kind of opportunity going forward was brilliant. He was brilliant. Like he's like
1: a, he's like a one man wrecking ball, isn't he? These days, <sighs> unbelievable. I
0: freaking love, it. like the, the, okay, I, I don't care. He's the best value signing Villa have ever had. I, I, I mean, you could say it is unbelievable Mara potentially, yeah. but 2.5 million. He's got us promoted in, uh, I, I, wish he was like 22 or something like that. It's kind of sad that he's getting up into the, into the end of his, uh, twenties. But regardless of that, hopefully he, um, stays for a long time and is in his prime for even longer. Um, very quickly, Tom, cause I know we're running short on time. Of course, Forrest on the weekend on Saturday, of course, everyone will hear this on the Wednesday. So, uh, focus quickly shifting. I think they lost, I do believe in Leeds one, if I'm thinking correctly. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna
1: get out in front of this because this is gonna come out, I assume, tomorrow morning. Um I do not think that Steve Cooper will be in charge of Nottingham Forest when we play them at the weekend. Uh the the noises out of that after that game, I saw somebody who cover I can't remember. The Nottingham Forest writer at the Athletic, maybe, said something about like as Cooper was walking off the pitch, he sort of stopped and sort of gave an acknowledgement to the fans that has been very is very much being interpreted as a goodbye. I think he knows that his time's kind of up now because they've they've got to do something because they're going to go down. Um so I think again we're going to be playing a managerless team. <laughs> again. So we've so let's recap. We've sacked one man we've got one manager fired, Graham Potter. One club sacked their manager because they were so scared of playing us. Now we're going to have a second manager sack their manager. Second club sack their manager because they're so scared of playing us. Is three man- is three your, a body count of three managers in one week a record for a for one club? Honestly, it must
0: be. It's incredible. To be honest, though, if we if we win that game, I mean pandemonium goes through the roof. That's seven unbeaten. I mean, it, it, it's easy to talk ahead of time, and like we should. The confidence not- is there.
1: I don't want to get complacent, but we should win it like I, I don't I don't like being this complacent about villa because I know that we all feel the same at this podcast does not feel right or safe to be this confident about villa I'm not saying I think we're gonna it's gonna be an absolute breeze but you look at villa you look at this villa team at the moment and you can categorically say that we should win at the weekend
0: yeah I mean all I can say is I don't even know if he's fit or whatever but if we somehow lose and jesse Lingard does this stupid hand celebration thing and scores the winner, then I'll be super pissed off. But regardless of that, um, you have to go into this game full of confidence. I mean, again, they're not in a good position, but they're a team that we should be beating as well. So I think, you know, let's do a score prediction here and then we'll uh, wrap things up because, to be honest, I didn't think we'd go this long and uh, in typical Holtz-Cast fashion, we always do. So I'm going to go with a... Ah, screw you know what? Let's go... Th- 3-1 to the Villa. I want to see a few more goals. And, uh, I mean, unlucky for Forrest. I hope they do stay up, but, uh, let's continue this run. Well, that's what I
1: was going to say. So I'll
0: just leave it there because God knows I've talked enough on this, on this <laughs> episode, but I just a-
1: absolutely buzzing about Villa at the moment. Can't get enough. I could talk for hours if anybody would let me. Um, let's keep it rolling at the weekend. 3-1 Villa. Um, we said Ashley Young to score, didn't we? After the Chelsea game, we were hoping that Ashley Young would score against Leicester. Let's go, let's go, go Ashley Young! Bounce back from a, a, a tough game today. Score home and away against Forest. That'd be a lovely week,
0: wouldn't it? It doesn't have to be a screamer either. I know some people wanted to see it, but let's say he gets the the game winner at two one, and then we'll say uh, Duran comes on and just. Starts his Villa career off with the right way, which to be fair, quick shout out. I thought he made a great impact when he came on to today or this evening. Um, But regardless of that, uh, we'll leave it there. Hopefully a positive result heading into Saturday. We should be back bright and early on Monday for a uh, post forest pod to hopefully make sense of another villa win we might as well believe keep the momentum going thank you for all of the engagement that's been going on around the podcast Uh, twitter comments facebook comments liking and sharing it's been absolutely brilliant Uh, the numbers have certainly been reflecting that i know villa are in a very amazing spot as of right now so everyone's in a fantastic mood but thank you to everyone again that's shown the support it really does mean a lot to us and everyone that uh, puts some effort in behind the scenes But anyways, we'll leave it there. And don't forget, of course, uh, the villa. Planning for your next trip?